0: Welding instructor, Alex DeClaire, knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome to Balanced Black Girl. My name is Les, I am your host, and I am so happy to be sharing space with you today. Here at Balanced Black Girl, we alternate between interviews with Black women, health and wellness experts, and solo episodes where it's just you and me talking through a topic. And today is one of those solo days where it's just you and me having a little kiki. We're going to chat it up and we're going to talk about small wellness habits that have really changed my life, particularly over the past year as we're living through the pandemic and all of the numerous stressors and traumatic events that we are all experiencing and moving through. A few months ago on the podcast, I talked about my personal wellness journey, and that's where I went a little bit more into my background and how I got into the wellness space and some of the old practices that I used to do. And I won't recap all of that here. If you're interested, I invite you to tune into that episode. We can put it in the show notes so that it's easy for you to listen to and add to your cue if you haven't already. But one of the big things that I used to be all about was more, more, more. I was always doing more. How could I work out more? How could I chug gallons of water? How could I track every single thing? How could I lift heavier, run faster and further? How could I constantly do more? And I was really focused on doing more and pushing more for about a solid decade. And even pre pandemic, I had really started to slow things down because my body was like, Miss Ma'am, no, no, no. I know that's what you've been doing for all this time, but that's not what we're doing anymore. And then once we got into the pandemic, we all had to readjust and recalibrate. And I've really been reflecting on some of the habits that have Kept me going. And also, things that I think promote longevity for all of us, ways that we can continue to pour in and take care as we continue to navigate these challenging situations that we are all facing, these traumas that keep happening one after another. We can't self care our way out of those things necessarily. However, I have found that doing some small things each day helps. It helps just getting ready for the next thing. Looking forward to that next practice has been really helping me and I hope that it can help you as well. So we're going to really talk about ways that we can feel good breaking things down into the smallest possible doable steps. By no means you Need to feel like you need to implement all of these things. These are cumulative tips. I don't necessarily do all of these things every single day, but just some practices that have been really helping me that I hope can help you. So, the first daily habit that has changed my life has been consuming less. Consuming less. So, I previously was a person who was reading usually two to three books at a time. I would have my morning book. (laughs) And I would have my evening book, the morning book I would read, you know, first thing in the morning or during my morning routine, that would usually be some sort of either habit-based or maybe finance or businessy type of book. And then in the evening, I would read a personal development book. Sometimes I would throw fiction in there depending on how I was feeling. But something that would potentially be just a little bit lighter. And It took me forever to get through anything because I had my attention divided in so many different ways. Reading multiple books at a time, if that's your jam, like keep doing it if you like it. For me, it was just, I was getting overwhelmed and then I was losing interest in all of the books and all of the things that I was consuming. It was taking me that much longer to get through them. So when I'm in the mood to read or when I feel inspired to read, I read one thing at a time, either finishing it and also knowing when to walk away from it, if it's just not for me or if it's just not for right now. And I also, this is going to sound like interesting advice on a podcast, but I don't listen to more than one podcast episode per day hear me out here. I'm not telling you to stop listening to podcasts. In fact, I, I am personally invested in you listening to podcasts and hopefully continuing to listen to this one. However, when we're taking in so much information, it can be really, really overwhelming. And I remember years ago when I first got into podcasts, I would listen to them all day long. My entire, you know, eight hour shift at work, I would just queue up podcast after podcast after podcast And what I found is it was all becoming background noise. I was never giving myself time or space to reflect on what I heard or to implement anything that was being shared. I was just constantly in consumption mode. And that may have worked back in, you know, 2014, back when I was doing that, simpler times. But nowadays, when we are inundated with so much information, it's really, really hard to process that much. So by just consuming less information overall, For me, that looks like reading one book at a time and listening to a maximum of one podcast per day and really trying not to multitask when I'm doing that so that I can actually listen and take in the information has been really, really helpful. And maybe that balance of consuming less looks a little bit different for you. But if you find yourself having information overload, that could be a good indication that it's time to maybe pause, take a step back and consume a little bit less information. The next habit that has absolutely changed my life, especially recently, has been having a bedtime routine. So I don't know if you have heard of the term revenge bedtime procrastination. Even if you haven't heard it, you can probably relate to it. I actually just learned that term maybe a week or two ago. I saw folks sharing about it on Instagram. And when I looked into it, I thought, yes, I absolutely have done that. I absolutely do that. So revenge bedtime procrastination is basically when we stay up really late or we stay up too late at night because nighttime is really the only time that we have to ourselves. Maybe it's the only time that you don't have to work or the only time that there are maybe less people around or if you have kids, they've gone to bed. And that's the only time that you have to do what you want. So you stay up later than you should because you just, you want to feel like you have some control over your time, right? So it's revenge, bedtime procrastination. It's revenge against the rest of the day where you feel like your time isn't yours. And oh my goodness, I know I've done this. We've all probably done it to different extents. Now, the issue with (laughs) revenge, bedtime procrastination is it feels great in the moment right? You feel like I'm grown. I do what I want. Yeah, I'm going to watch another episode. Yeah, I'm going to stay up. I'm going to keep reading or whatever it is that you like to stay up and do. For me, when I stay up, I go down a TikTok spiral. We all have those things that we stay up way too late doing. But then you know the next morning, it's a problem. (laughs) When it's time to get up the next day, it's a problem. When you hit that after lunch, afternoon slump, because you were up late doing the revenge bedtime procrastination, it's a problem because we feel tired. We feel sluggish. It's that much harder to focus. It takes us longer to do things. And then it creates this cycle where because we are tired and sluggish and we're moving a little bit slower, then it takes us longer to do things. And then the the workday maybe gets a little bit longer than it needs to. And then we feel like we have even less time. So we want to continue staying up late and we do it over and over. What I'm reciting here to you is the story of my life because I'm, <laughs> I'm not here to be a know-it-all. Trust me, I have done this too. And what has really helped me combat this is to have a bedtime routine that I actually look forward to. And this can be different for everybody. But I found that when I was staying up and I was doing something that I really enjoyed, whether it was going down a TikTok rabbit hole or staying up late watching Netflix or whatever it was, it's because I was really enjoying that thing and needing to just go to bed in that moment felt really abrupt, like there was no transition. So then I was like, OK, what can I do to one make myself go to bed a little bit earlier but to enjoy the process so that I don't feel like I'm missing out on something or so that I don't feel like I'm not getting to do things that I enjoy and it was like okay well why don't we mirror your morning routine that you enjoy and create a nighttime routine that is just modified versions of things that you enjoy in a way that's not going to keep you up all night so for me that looks like by a certain time usually for me it's 8:30 phone is down, screens are like on pause for the night. And that is when I switch over my lighting. So me personally, that's usually when I like to turn off the lamps, light candles. I have a few salt lamps around and I just do dim lighting. So I'm like, okay, 830 is when the lights go low. So I can still do what I want, just not necessarily on my phone and not in bright light. So by starting to adjust the light, I'm already starting to feel more relaxed and then I'm ready to ease into the routine. For me, that routine looks like I like to take a shower or a bath at night. I like to listen to some of my favorite music. I diffuse my essential oils. I have my little flight of beverages that I put together. But because I'm doing it in kind of a dim space, I'm ready to go to sleep a lot sooner. Even though I'm still doing these things that I enjoy, I'm still having my beverages that I enjoy. I still have my playlist. That's my favorite that I'm listening to. I'm doing it in a sequence that is still relaxing that I can still get to bed at a normal hour. Sleep has been something that is a really big priority for me. I will be definitely doing more episodes about that in the future because I do have some other kind of personal wellness things on my journey that I'm going through and sleep has been a big component of that that I'll share in future episodes. But starting to really look at those tendencies around revenge, bedtime, procrastination, and figuring out things that you can do in the evening that you enjoy that can help you wind down so that you still feel like you're getting that time, but also so that you're not harming yourself and Missing out on the rest you need is super important. If you listen to this podcast, you know that I'm a big advocate for having hobbies, and learning a new language is an incredible hobby to take up. I've been practicing my French with Babel, and it's been such an effective, engaging way to learn. I took French in high school and college, but I got a little rusty and I wanted to brush up before visiting France earlier this year, and I've been hooked on Babbel ever since because it's helped so much and you too can make amazing progress with your language learning through Babbel and that's because Babbel actually works. So instead of paying hundreds of dollars for private classes or playing on apps that are basically glorified games, you can take Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons that are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language as soon as three weeks from now. Babbel is designed by real people for real conversations, and their methods for learning a new language are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, so you're learning things you would actually say, and delivered with conversation-based teaching. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. It's no wonder why Babbel has sold over 10 million subscriptions because it's real learning for real conversations. And they're offering a special limited time deal for our listeners to get you started right now. So you can get 55% off your Babbel subscription only for our listeners at babbel.com slash balanced. Get up to 55% off at com slash balanced spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash balanced. Rules and restrictions may apply. Important. So that's what my evening routine looks like. But your evening routine can truly be anything as long as it's not going to keep you wound up. So start experimenting with some things that you might like to do in the evening that can help you wind down. I promise it's going to make such a difference. The next small habit that has changed my life is asking for help more. Asking for help more. That is a hard one. If you're anything like me, you probably don't ask for help very often. Or maybe you are really good at asking for help. And if you're really good at asking for help, that is dope and I would love to learn from you. I'm still working on it. And I have made it a goal of mine to try to ask for help with something once a week. And that could be something super small, whether that is something at work, whether that is, you know asking something of a loved one, something super small, finding some way to either ask for or receive help on a regular basis. Or even if I'm not outright asking for help, if someone offers to do something, letting them do it and not brushing it off. And that could be something super small, whether it is someone offers to, you know, do a small favor or someone offers to, you know. Pay for your coffee if you're out on a coffee date. I used to be that person to like refuse it up and down and not let anybody do anything for me ever and then wondered why I was tired and why I felt resentful and why it felt like I was doing stuff for everybody else. And I thought, well, if I let my friend get my coffee this time, I'll feel a little more appreciated. Next time I'll get their coffee and we just have this flow of reciprocity, right? But finding really small ways to either ask for help or receive, and it doesn't have to be anything big, right? I'm not asking anybody to co-sign a house, (laughs) but it's asking for a recommendation. If I'm in the market for something and I know that a friend has bought something, like asking for a recommendation so I can save my time not going down an internet rabbit hole or Asking for help. I had a situation where I was approached for a project and I needed to kind of put together a proposal and I had no idea where to start. And I have a friend who is like an incredible mentor who does work in that space and asked her if she had input. And, you know, we just had a quick 15 minute conversation where she gave me incredible advice and I was able to implement it immediately. And kept it pushing. I didn't have to rack my brain for hours, which is what I would have done on my own. So finding those small ways to ask for help and receive can be a huge game changer because right now with this current state we're in, none of us can do everything on our own. And I think we're all at a place of such fatigue and such just overwhelm and tiredness that we have to find small ways to support one another and to allow others to support us. So don't be afraid to receive. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And I'll also add, don't be discouraged if you ask for help and if it's unavailable in that moment, because a big part of why I struggled to ask for help for so long Was from experiences I had when I was younger asking for help and not getting it, or asking for help, and the people I could turn to for help or the only people around couldn't give me the help I need. That's what created this pattern of, okay, well, I just have to do everything myself because no one can give me the help that I need. Keep asking, ask somebody else, right? Ask in a different way. Okay, they can't help you with that thing. Can they help you with this other thing? Keep asking until you can find ways to lighten your load and receive. And it makes such a difference in your mental health, your capacity, your bandwidth, your ability to process information, your ability to walk through the day with ease when you're not carrying everything. All right, next small life-changing habit. Either having A full body yes or a full body no when presented with doing something. All right. Responding with a full body yes or a full body no. That basically means not doing things out of obligation. You're invited to that thing that you know you don't want to go to or that you know you don't feel comfortable doing yet. You don't have to go. You don't have to do it. You don't have to do anything, really. I mean, none of us really have to do anything. What are some things that are weighing on you that you're potentially doing out of obligation? Think about it. And if it is a full body no, let it be a full body no. And if it is a full body yes, I want to do this, then do it, savor it, enjoy it. Please still be safe, wear your mask, you know, all the things, right? We're still we're still out here, but really being honest with yourself about not doing things out of obligation. This one has definitely been pretty tricky for me because I am that person who does do quite a lot of things out of obligation, but sometimes obligation can come from a place of scarcity. Being afraid to disappoint, feeling like people won't still love or accept you if you don't go along with everything that they want you to do. That can actually be a sign of scarcity. And I'm challenging myself and I'm challenging you to think about it from more of an abundant place, right? There's no space for obligation when we're operating with abundance, when we know that if we can't make it to that thing this time, our people will still love us and it's okay. Because they have an abundance of love to give. And if they don't, then maybe that's something good to reevaluate. But if you use the full body yes and a full body no as your compass, you'll find that you probably devote more energy to the things that really light you up and less energy to the things that really drain you. And your energy is so important. Think about how much energy you would have If you're really focusing on those things that generate energy and you're not focusing on those things that drain, let that be your compass. All right, the next habit. This is less of a daily habit, but more of a practice. Knowing when to quit. Knowing when to quit. This one is really challenging. I have, I've struggled with this, but also not so much. I feel like I've had the spirit of a quitter (laughs) who often gets burdened down sometimes by, uh, again, that sense of obligation, but there's so much power in knowing when to walk away from things knowing when things are no longer good for us or knowing when things are potentially draining or when it's not a good fit again remembering to manage our energy in ways that are really meaningful devoting energy to those things that's going to help us generate more energy not those things that are going to deplete because when we're depleted It's really hard to bounce back from that. So knowing when to quit, what is that thing that you know you maybe shouldn't have taken on or you can sense that it's coming? How can you put forth that full body now? Can you ask for help? Can you delegate it out? Can you get an extension? Knowing when to quit. An example of this for me that is uh, one that, you know, it makes me a little bit nervous to share because it does relate to this community was around the membership space that I opened at the end of last year. And when I opened the membership space, I had the best of intentions to create this space that could bridge the gap between what you all heard on the podcast and, and how you lived your daily lives and all of these resources and this community to bring people together and have them interact. And that is what it was. We did. We had a wonderful community. Huge thanks to those of you listening who uh, were members in the community. But I found myself really drained really, really quickly and i found myself not being the leader that i wanted to be in that space and i had to do some reflecting as to why and what it ultimately came down to was knowing my strengths knowing how i best serve i'm not necessarily a very good community leader or community builder that is that is a gift that is a skill there are people who have it. And it is a skill that can also be built. But I realized that that just wasn't really my thing. I've never been the person who is particularly good at getting people together. I've never been the party planner. I've never been that person who's kind of at the center of a movement or of of a thing of that nature, right? We all know those people. We all have those friends who are like the connectors, who are always getting people together. And connecting people. And I just realized that's not my thing. That's not really my role. I'm a host. <laughs> I'm a host. I'm a talker. I facilitate intimate conversation. But the pressure of having an engaged community that was built on how engaged I could be in that moment, knowing that I'm really introverted and, and get pretty overwhelmed in spaces, made me realize that maybe. Me being the sole person building a space wasn't the right fit for now. So I did make the decision to sunset the previous version of the membership. And who knows in the future, maybe we could have something come back, um, especially once I have a team and more resources to support in that way. But I had to know when to quit. And I had to know when I was actually doing my community a disservice um, by forcing something that just wasn't a good fit. So that was a really challenging example for me for knowing when to quit, for feeling like I was going to disappoint people and let them down, but ultimately knowing that it is what was best. So if that resonates with you, I hope that you're able to do some reflection on maybe that thing that you need to let go of and you can start building an action plan of what that looks like. And that doesn't necessarily mean just an abrupt I'm out, (laughs) but it means figuring out, you know, what the next steps are to slowly let go of that thing and transition to whatever the next step is. So knowing when to quit is absolutely a life-changing habit when it's, you know, quitting those right things that can help us make space for those things that we should be calling in. All right, the next life changing habit being open to learning new things. So, this could be new perspectives, this could be new skills that you want to foster. I recently had some challenges at work because I still, you know, love this space. However, your girl needs a place to live and needs healthcare and to be able to eat. And so I have a job outside of this so that I can do those things. And I was just tasked with some things at work that were just so outside of my wheelhouse. Just things that I honestly had just never done before and didn't really know how to do and didn't necessarily have a whole lot of guidance with. I just kind of need to figure it out. And when I was originally tasked with these projects or with these initiatives, I had so much resistance around it. I was like, "Um, I'm 10 years into my career. There's no way I can learn how to do this now. I can't believe I don't have the skill set. Just really beating myself up over it and panicking over not getting it right. And then I had a moment where I had to pause. I had to sit with myself and say, you can learn how to do X, Y, Z or build this spreadsheet or whatever it was. Honestly, I was so stressed out about it a month ago and the project came and went and now I don't even remember what it was that I was so stressed out about. But whatever it was that I was stressed out about, I realized I could learn how to do it just like I could learn how to do anything else. I didn't know how to podcast, but I learned how to do that, right? I didn't know how to create content, learned how to do that. We are constantly learning how to do things that we didn't know how to do. And sometimes we have these blocks over feeling like we should know certain things and it's too late if we don't. And it's never too late. It is never too late to learn new things. If it's things that you want to learn, right? If it is a skill that you want or that maybe you kind of need. Right? <laughs> if like me, it is job related and you kind of need to do your job, then you may not have as much of a choice with it. But we always have the ability to gain new skills. Learning is not just for children. Learning is not just for we are, when we're in school. We are constantly learning. We are constantly evolving. And I, for some reason, had this idea in my head of like, oh, I'm over 30, so I can't learn how to do X, Y, Z. Uh, what? That makes no sense. Okay, so all of our learning just stops over the age of 30? No, of course not. Of course, I'm still learning. Why was I reading 27 books at a time and listening to all those podcasts like I just told y'all to not do earlier in this episode? We do those things because we learn and we can learn anything if we're open to it. So I decided to devote myself to being in a season of learning and being open to doing things that I previously thought that I couldn't do. Now, the caveat there is it's either something work-related, right? The stuff that I was working on at work, it was like some spreadsheety thing. I did learn how to do the spreadsheet thing and it's fine. It's come and gone, like I said. And now I'm thinking about other things that I've always wanted to be able to do. Last year, right before COVID started, I had started taking dance classes because I really want to be a better dancer. So I started picking those back up, planning to learn how to play a couple of sports that I always wanted to play when I was younger and never did. But why should we stop learning now? Learning can be an incredible part of our self-care. When we learn, we build confidence, we expand, we grow into ourselves. We're never done learning, regardless of our age. And even me, being in my 30s thinking, oh, I can't learn how to do X, Y, Z. Like, that's so silly. There's so much life ahead. Of course we can't. So if there's something that you've been wanting to do, that you are worried is it too late? I don't know how. I don't know if I'll be good enough. I hear you. But it's not too late. You can. You are good enough. You may not be amazing at it. Rush out the gate, right? That spreadsheet that I made at work was probably not the best spreadsheet, but I got the job done. You can learn anything. You are brilliant. You are capable. Even if it takes some time, you can. You can do it. So If you've been wanting to maybe step outside of your comfort zone a little bit, I recommend thinking of a skill that you can learn, right? So for me right now, that looks like dance and learning how to play golf because I've always wanted to learn and never did. Maybe for you, that can be something else. Maybe it's a language or maybe it's a skill or maybe you always wanted to learn how to like Do brows. I don't know. I'm only thinking of that right now because my brows are raggedy and I need someone to come do them. So if that's you and you're in LA, let me know. (laughs) But whatever it is, nothing is too big or too small or too frivolous because learning and being open to learning that's what gives us vitality, right? We are constantly evolving, we're constantly learning, it keeps us sharp. It is so good for us. It is so good for our health to continue learning. All right. We're winding down towards the end here, thinking about life changing habits related to our well being. When all else fails, I focus on my steps and I focus on my sips. That means even when I am feeling really overwhelmed or really discouraged or my, just am not sure what to do next. I'm not sure how to take care of myself next. The two pillars that I try to do however I can get them, I focus on movement and I focus on how hydrated am I? <laughs> when I start feeling not so, it's like, okay, have I gotten some fresh air today? Can I take a walk just around the block, right? Can I open a window? Can I just stand up and stretch when I'm feeling really sluggish and just, like, okay, when was the last time I had a sip of water? Can I take a sip right now, even if I'm not chugging a gallon? (laughs) Not like a bodybuilder needs to chug a gallon. Can I sip? Can I make myself some tea? What can I do in the most basic level to nourish myself in the short term? And usually for me, that looks like steps and sips. So if you ever are just having a day, you're having a moment, having one of those moments. What helps me is to remember step and sip. Step and sip brings you back to those fundamentals step and sit. Thank you for tuning into Balanced Black Girl. If you enjoyed this episode and feel called doing so, we would really appreciate a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to check out the show notes and more offerings at balancedblackgirl.com.